Again, so I'm excited. Thank you for being with us tonight. If you haven't already, if you're just logging in, make sure you say hello to people. I know some people watch just kind of quietly, but just take a moment, just pause and just say hello just to welcome one another because we are a family, even if we're gathering and assembling in various places and even virtually, I'm telling you that it's, the, it's still the spirit of the Lord that binds us. It's still the spirit of the Lord that unifies us and makes us one. And so what we're doing tonight, as we've been singing about Jesus, we actually want to be one with his mind. Come on. We, we hit some things even on this past Sunday. And, and, and really, that's kind of been like, if, if you kind of kind of sits and hear some of the messages. We've been kind of dealing with some things pertaining to the mind because it's so important when we talk about or when we have that mandate to occupy till I come because it's a mindset that comes along with it. So we're going to deal with some things in particular tonight. If you saw the thumbnail, uh, you'll see what we're talking about, but it's still talking about, uh, you know, some mindset. And so in particular, this past Sunday, we talked about what occupies the mind and out of that just came a revelation from the Lord where he started giving us some insight as pertains to flight and so we have have that Sunday as well as some things from last Wednesday come on uh, with Pastor Gabriel um, that still kind of tie in even to what it is that I believe God wants to share with us tonight and so um, let me go with that that thought from Sunday and the illustration that was given as it pertains to a seat and so when we're talking about Occupy Till I come in 10x stewardship. And then this past Sunday talking about occupying our minds because it's real critical what we are thinking. It's very important what's on our minds, uh, you know, in any season, but I think even more so now to make sure that we are not preoccupied with something else that will get us off track, that will get us off focus, that will get us off the rhythm of God and the frequency of what he's saying and the things that he is doing and working in the midst of us even now. So someone just say again right now, say, I'm not preoccupied, but I am occupied. And so that term, we broke down that term occupied. And so it has several definitions, but one thing that I just want to highlight again, talking about just taking up space, uh, you know, or, or, or one who's taking up space or taking up a space, taking up an opening. And so we talked about, you know, a little bit of mindsets, uh, but in particular that I want to deal with tonight, and it still deals with that, but uh, even more so, um, just making sure that what is the things that are of the kingdom of God and that, you know, we could talk about all the other things that occupy us, but really uh, we want to make sure that Christ and, and things that belong to him are occupying us. All right, so we're, there's some specific things that we're going to deal with tonight. And so I want you to join me. Let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 tonight. So um, these two main passages that we'll be dealing with, uh, if you will, uh, well, you know, they, 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 they deal with some theological and doctrinal matters. And so it's some things that I want to share with that before we get to uh, some of the crux of what we're talking about. And so... Uh, let's, let's just kind of jump in. Romans chapter 15, verse 7, and I'm going to be in the New King James Version uh, tonight. And so it says this, therefore, uh, let me go to verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. So we know that Jesus came, of course, you know, to the Jews, and he was confirming the promises of, of really what God gave to Abraham. And here's the other thing, though. And now remember, Paul is actually locked up in a Roman prison. So, but he's writing this to you know, many Gentiles in the church at Rome, verse 9. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy... <laughs> Come on, so that's you and I as Gentiles. We weren't born naturally Jews, but we, we now can glorify God for his mercy. And this is why, as it is written, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Come on, so we get to rejoice with the Jews that come into knowledge and understanding of Christ as Messiah, as if almost like we were Jews as well. Verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he, meaning Christ, who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him, in Christ, 
the Gentiles shall hope. So let me just pause right there for a moment because what Paul is doing, he's bringing, he's bringing us together. We're going to see this again in another context, but he's bringing us together to the promises uh, to what and the hope that, that, that God has already ordained. So now here we go. Remember, we're talking about what occupies us. That's what we're talking about, what occupying us. And so it's important that we are not preoccupied with other things. And so there's something specific that God says, hey, and then as a matter of fact, there's various things where the Lord says, hey, you need to make sure that this is occupying your mind, that this is occupying your heart, that this is occupying your life. And so this is what we're looking at tonight. In him, the Gentiles shall hope, verse 13. Here we go. Now may the God of hope. Remember, we have the same hope of, these, of receiving and walking and inheriting these promises as the Jews, right? Now may the God of hope fill you. Oh, may the God of hope fill you. May he complete you. May what he has with his hope, may it occupy you with all joy. Somebody say all joy and peace in believing. So let me just stop right there for a moment because there needs to be joy and peace in believing. Ah, that's good. There needs to be joy and peace in believing. So somebody just say right now, say, Lord, I have joy in believing you. Lord, I, and we talked about this a lot on Sunday. Lord, I have peace in believing you. Remember, we're not coming up off that seat. <laughs> but it's important. And so what Paul is saying here and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to, to us even now, make sure that we are filled with all joy and peace in believing. And this is why it is important. We need to have all joy and peace in believing. Here's why. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the design. That is the purpose. That is the heart. Come on. That you may abound in what? Hope. And how we are abounding in hope? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. So somebody just say right now, say, I am abounding in hope. Oh, say it again. Say, I am abounding in hope. Woo! Yeah, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So now this just lets us know right now, we know that we know we have the hope of our salvation and all that, but there's more. There's more. So let me just kind of share this right now, something that we know, but I, I want to drive this in right now. That hope is more than just a whimsical emotion. It is not that. <laughs> It is not that. Hope is supernatural. Yeah. We are abounding in a hope. So that means that we are abounding in, an, in, 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 in a virtue, in a force, in a flow that is supernatural. And the reason why we know that it is supernatural, because it is powered by the Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, yeah. So we can abound in hope without the power of the Holy Spirit. And hope, woo, yeah, hope is important. So this is something that needs to be occupying us. Hope. Oh, so again, it is a supernatural force, and it's not something that is a lightweight thing. No, hope is heavy. I know oftentimes when we hear it, it's said oftentimes in a light context, but in actuality, hope is a heavy force. And so what the Lord is saying is like, hey, I am the God of hope. <laughs> That's how supernatural it is. When Paul and the spirit of the Lord is letting us know, it's like, hey, I am the God of hope. And I want you to abound in it. Mm, yep, we're going to deal with this a little bit more. We're going to deal with this a little bit more. But he is the God of hope. This is how powerful hope is. Remember in 1 Corinthians 13 where Paul says, now abide in these three things. He said faith, hope, 
and love. Now, we know he said the greatest of these is love. But guess what? Out of that trifecta, if you will, hope is included. Now, we hear a whole lot about love. We hear a whole lot about faith. But tonight, the Lord is letting us know. It's like, hey, I'm also the God of hope. Oh, my gosh. And I'm calling you, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm causing you to abound in it. Come on. Let's go to Colossians. <laughs> Let's go to Colossians. You, yeah, we're going to see how important and how heavy this is. Yeah. Colossians chapter 1. Now, here we go. We're going to read uh, several passages here, 19 through 27, but we're going to walk through this. Now, remember what we just read in Romans chapter 15. <laughs> so now here we're going to see something similar again when Paul is talking to the church of Colossae. And of course, this was also to be uh, read before the church at Laodicea as well. And so again, he's in prison writing this, but this is an apostolic message. This is an apostolic word that is being released uh, to the people. And so he's really setting some things and establishing some things for the church here, right? And so in particular, he's really highlighting Christ. For, verse 19, chapter 1, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness, in him being Christ, all the fullness should dwell and by him Christ to reconcile all things to himself Christ by him Christ <laughs> whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross and you here we go you're talking about mind you remember how we mentioned about mindsets right Paul is dealing with this. And you, meaning all of us, <laughs> who were once alienated and enemies in your mind. Come on, let's go there just for a moment. So when we are preoccupied, we are now in the position of being alienated and enemies. Why? Because that which preoccupies us causes us to work things which are wicked. We are preoccupied with frivolity and things of the flesh and things that get us off, off, off path. And so what he's saying is like, hey, you were, thank, thank, thank God for Jesus and the reconciliation who reconciled all things and then who, who, who brought us near through the blood of the cross. And he says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, <coughs> Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and, and above reproach in his sight. That's what the Lord through the blood of his cross and the work that he done for us Gentiles for the purposes of salvation that's what he did to us, and that's what he's doing to us. So that way, in his sight, how awesome it is. We are holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. <laughs> so again, don't allow the other thoughts of other people that come with those lost thoughts to pull you into, into, into that space. Because then you start thinking about how you might look in their sight. But the Lord is saying, hey, I want, you, I want your mind occupied with what it is that I've done for you so that way you remember how I'm presenting you. I'm presenting you as holy. I'm presenting you as blameless. How awesome is that? You do not have to take on for somebody that's been feeling and, and, and sensing and, and been dealing with the spirit of shame and blame. Here's a scripture for you right now. In the body of his flesh through death, he has and is presenting you holy and blameless. And above reproach in his sight. But here's how. <laughs> because this is a thought that continues. Verse 23. There's an if. He's presenting you holy and blameless and, and above reproach in his sight. If. 
indeed, you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, ah, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. So come on. You have to continue in the faith. You have to be grounded. You have to be steadfast. And here's how. And not moved away from the hope. We're going to deal with what this hope is in just a little bit. But here, when we're talking about being faithful and we're talking about, ah, remember, I'll get to that. But when we're talking about being faithful and we're talking about being steadfast, the Lord is just reminding us, hey, do not move from the hope of the gospel, the hope of the good news, which you have, which you've heard. I'm going to present you holy. I'm going to present you blameless. I'm going to present you above reproach in my sight if you continue in the faith. So we have to continue in some things while other people, and, and again, this is, this is, we're, we're in a society, and so we have to avoid and resist the temptation to be moved. Because many people are getting off the hope of the gospel. And so they're detracted and thinking about other things. Well, hey, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need the work of the cross. I don't need the blood of Jesus. They, they, they adopt this mentality. I'm basically a good person. And so they begin to veer. And then sometimes we, even, even in our own ability and in our own flesh, feel like that we can do some things independent and apart from Jesus. And that is not the point. The reconciliation is, is for us to be even closer and to draw near and to get closer and to get co closer and to become more occupied by him to where he's taking up more space. That's why we have to get rid of the old because there's more space in us that he has to consume. <laughs> I'm telling you, dealing with these mindsets is going to be something that's kind of just like an undercurrent, you know, as God is just taking up more space and, and as Christ is being formed in us. So those old paradigms have to get pushed out. Mm, yeah. Okay. So now if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now here we're going to tie in a few things from even last Wednesday as well. Verse 24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Let me just deal with that statement briefly. Paul is not saying that 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 there's that his affliction is 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 compensating for something that was missing from Christ's work upon the cross. He already established that. So uh, matter of fact, we just read that he already established that. But what he's saying here in this is like, look. Jesus even let us know that there's still going to be some affliction that the body will have to endure. And so that's what Paul is saying. He's like, look, as a member of the body of Christ, that there's still afflictions that I'm, that I'm taking on as well. And then my sufferings are also to benefit those that are members of the body of Christ. So the suffering is not without value. So that's what he's, he's saying here. Christ, Christ did Remember all the fullness. He, he did it all as complete as it pertains to atonement and all of that. But Paul is letting us know. It's like, hey, what he did in the flesh, boom, is done. No more suffering in that. But now we as the body of Christ, there's still things that we take on. There's still persecution. There's still that. So that's what he's, he's sharing. But then here he goes. Verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the, what's that word you see there? Stewardship. <laughs> stewardship. Remember last Wednesday, we got some true mentality of stewardship or, or, or the mentality of what true stewardship is really about. So we're seeing some more here. We're going to see how this all ties in. But Paul is saying, look, I became a minister. I became a servant according to the stewardship from God, according to the call. So remember, God has given us some things to steward. And we're going to see how important this hope that we're talking about is tonight that we steward this as we are occupied with this. But he's just letting us know the gravity and the weight of this. It's like, look, 
Here, I've been giving something to steward. So somebody say that right now. Say, I've been given something to steward, something precious. Yeah, and there's some things that you will have to endure. There will be some afflictions <laughs> that we have to go through, but it's part of the stewardship. Jesus clearly went through some things, but it's part of the stewardship of the anointing, of the call that he had. So in like fashion, because of the stewardship, there are some things, and in particular, when we're talking about stewarding, the hope that we're occupied with because it must be stewarded. So he says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. So what we've been called to steward is also to be a blessing for other people. It's not just about self, right? And so here he's letting us know some of the th one of the key things that he is stewarding the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints to them so he's been stewarding this mystery to them god will oh yeah 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 god will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles and what is it? Is this, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, can somebody say Christ in me, the hope of glory? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Okay, so we learned last week, Pastor Gabe mentioned this, about the mentality of true stewardship, that 10x. What did he say, if you remember, 10x. He said, if I'm, let me kind of paraphrase and put it plainly. 10X is to abound. When we talk about 10X stewardship, he said 10X to abound. Occupy till I come. 10X is to abound. So we just learned tonight, we just read tonight one portion that God is causing us by the power of the Holy Spirit to abound in hope. Paul is saying, look, we have this mystery now. And so we are called to steward this hope. This mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm. Now, hope in today's society, this is how powerful and how pertinent it is that we are occupied with hope because we are in a society that is void of it or void of the right kind of hope, if I could be more specific. Because that term hope in the Greek, it's, if I'm spelling this correct, it is Eplis, E-P-L-I-S, E-P-L-I-S. As a matter of fact, let me give you, let me give you this, uh, this definition of this. It means expectation, it could be in the negative sense, expectation of evil, fear. <laughs> So that's one of the things that people have. And that's one of the things where the enemy wars and fights us on. He's like, well, look, if you're going to abound in hope, let me make sure that I, that I give you something since it still is supernatural. But let me, let, me, let me misdirect your hope in this direction to where that you are caught up in fear. Or that you are even hopeless. And so what people take on, they take on that mentality. And that's where the enemy wars. And so they have the statement. It's like, ah, you know what? My hopes were dashed. Or they say this, I don't want to get my hopes up. Think about that terminology my, or that phrasing. My hopes were dashed. And if we haven't said this, we felt like this. I don't want to get my hopes up. When up is exactly where our hope come from and where it needs to be and where it needs to remain. We have to keep our hopes up. Now, remember, remember, I'm, I think it's pretty cool tonight that I'm seated right now. <laughs> For those that remember the message on Sunday, yep, somebody say, I'm still seated. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm still seated and we're still on this flight. So what we have to do, you know, one thing that I just thought about, you know, even with my phone, I was like, hey, you know what? I pressed the button. I was like, man, you know, I, man, we got we to turn our minds on airplane mode. When we're going higher and what the airplane mode means is when you're on a plane, you cannot receive messages from that which is on the ground. <laughs> Back in the day, people thought because those frequencies could interrupt the signals and, and the things that were necessary for the flight and the navigation and the direction of where you were going. Mm. But here's another play on words because now that we're on a flight, of course, you also know that we have flight attendants. But what's another name for flight attendants? Steward or stewardess. Ah, so now let's kind of reverse the positions now. We have something to steward, right? So now we want to make sure that hope is on board and up front and centered. And that we haven't pushed hope to the back. What stewardesses do, they make sure that people are where they need to be seated. They make sure that luggage is where it needs to be. They make sure that, that people are served accordingly, that there's order, there's organization, there's safety. Uh, and too often, what we've been doing, we've been allowing that negative kind of hope, which is really... Uh, in, in its form, it's disappointment. Because that's what begins to come out of people's mouths is the disappointment. Oh, my hopes were dashed. Oh, I don't want to get my hopes up. That's really disappointment masquerading in, in hope's uniform, so to speak, or in hope's identity. <laughs> so it's, 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 like a, it's like the ugly twin of hope. It's still an expectation, but it's an expectation of, of something that is negative, of something that is evil, of a bad report. And what happens is, in those moments, what we find ourselves doing, we find ourselves serving that disappointment. So we're stewarding that disappointment that is now seated in a place where it doesn't need to be seated. And because we have experienced so many things then we begin to take on, it's like, ah, you know what, let me, let me not go there, or let me not go, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to take off the ground. I don't want to go any higher. I don't want to go any further. Let me just kind of stay right here, because I know what I experienced before in the past. That's a real thing. And disappointment is beginning to speak to you and, and I, and it'll try to, it'll try to say, yep, even though God will give a word, God will say, hey, this is where we're going. Think about it, even that steward in the parable of the minas, which is the foundation of what we've been talking about. That worthless servant was like, man, look, you saw he expressed his expectation. Everybody else was just busy doing. But he said, look, I knew you to be a hard person. He already he he already expected disappointment. He already had his hopes dashed and decided, hey, you know, I'm not going to do anything. And so many people have experienced that. That's why they might find themselves relegated to the same position at the end of the year that they were at the beginning of the year. Because of the expectation of fear and saying, man, you know what? Yeah, I believe. Yet, yeah, Lord, I love you, but I don't want to get my hopes up. And that's where the Lord is like. Oh, yeah, you have an element of faith. I know you love me, but let's now deal with this hope factor. This has to abide in you as well. Woo! Why is God saying this? Because he wants us to hope. He wants us to abound in hope because this is a portion of who he is. He is the God of hope. And he's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, there's a power that I don't want you to go missing that is a part of his ministry because he powers the abounding of hope. For you and I to abound in hope, that is what's needed. I'm telling you, we need to abound in hope in this season. Forget the past. 
kick those memories off board. And that luggage, and it has to go. And I know that's a real thing because especially if you've experienced the uh, rejection or denial or you had your hopes up and then the report that came back was something far below what you were expecting. And then because of that, it's like, well, uh, and you know what? This is what I was expecting, but this is what happened. So let me go ahead and just go ahead and just let me bring my expectation to this level. And now let me go ahead and just bury. Let me just go ahead and wrap up the gift. Let me go ahead and close up the call and not do anything with it. And the Lord says, no. Get your hopes up. I'm calling you to abound in it. Because hope, the other definition is this. I've said it, but let's read this. Or I'm going to say this. It is also the expectation of good. (laughs) So, this is something that we say in our vernacular, and we say it so casually, but from this point on, it's going to have a different revelation to us because, you know, sometimes we could be in a conversation with somebody and then they might present, you know, an ideal or an option or a thought to us of a possibility. And then we might say, eh, you know, what? yeah, I hope so. Ooh. Oftentimes when people say, I hope so, a lot of times that hope is more filled with that expectation or with that fear. It's like, ah, I kind of hope so, but I'm not really... Uh, yeah, I hope so, but, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> and the Lord is like, I'm calling you to abundance. I'm the God of hope. And we say it all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Oh, Lord. Because some things haven't happened in the time, and so now when it's an opportunity to hope again, Sure, we have an element of faith. Yep, we love God. But the Lord says, hope. This is real. People are saying, and this is how you know where the enemy will try to begin to war. Because you know that hope, that God, that, that God is the God of hope, and that the Holy Spirit powers hope. And he was like, oh, man, I don't want that to get started. You can have two out of three, but I don't want you to have faith, hope, and love. I don't want all three working because I I know what the power of three and one can do. And I know the Lord wants you to not just have hope, but to abound in it because he's the God of it. Hmm. Hope is the expectation of good. So now what we don't want to do is to allow disappointment to masquerade as hope. And then we're just saying like everybody else, oh, I hope so. Come on, think about it. You know, I even think about it, you know, because sometimes, (laughs) sometimes people maybe have gotten insight of what you were believing God for. And maybe it didn't happen in the timing in which you, or maybe it hasn't manifested yet. And then they come back and visit you again and say, hey, how's it coming along? You think it's still going to happen? Yeah, I hope so. It's more fear. It's not, it's not, oh yeah, I hope so. I'm expecting good. No, we have an expectation or we've had an expectation of disappointment. But not so, not tonight, not anymore. Somebody say that. Say, not so, not tonight, not anymore. We have to, come on, we have to, on this flight, we have to steward hope. Hope, occupy this seat. Hope, occupy my mind. My mind is no longer alienated. My mind is no longer an enemy. No, I have the mind of Christ. 
Christ in me, the hope of glory. Oh, hope, take your seat. Oh, hope, sit up front. Faith, hope, love. Love these passengers right here. How can I serve? How can I steward this hope? If hope, the things of God, must occupy me, then this is something that I need to steward. I have this stewardship. Christ in me, the hope of glory, it's something I must steward. So now, how do I do that? Here's how. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Come on, Holy Ghost. Verse 19. This is a good study, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Come on, there's his blood again, right? By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Oh, this is still dealing with the blood and the work of the cross as well. And having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, let us draw near. Remember, we talked about that tonight, earlier. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So how are we supposed to draw near? With a true heart? That's in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Remember, is it pure? <laughs> Here we go. Here's how we steward. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let me stop right there for a moment. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. This is how supernatural, this is how powerful it is because we can either confess disappointment or we can confess hope. We can confess an expectation of evil and fear or we can confess an expectation of good. How are you going to steward? What is on your mind the most? What are you occupied with? What are you stewarding? It was something because the Lord, you know, it's such a challenging, but he was like, hey, son, I know you've heard disappointing news, but you don't have to have a disappointing mindset. You don't have to have a disappointing outlook. You don't have to have a disappointing confession. Get your hopes up. Because sometimes we go for stuff. And again, we might could be believing. Sometimes you could go for a job and you could go through the interview process. I remember that, you know, I, 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 you know, I went for an interview process and I passed the first round and then I got the notification. It's like, hey, you've been called to a second round. I got called to a second round. And I was like, whoo, because, you know, when you get that second interview, it's almost like, yo, I'm in there. And then I got that letter. Thank you so much. There were 62 something applicants. Five were called in for an interview. Two people were called for a second round, but we decided to. I had, a, I, had a, I had a moment. I was like, okay, what's your hope going to be? And what I did in that moment, I took that rejection letter, put it up on the refrigerator, and said, hey, I'm getting closer. <laughs> and I think the Lord liked that. He was like, oh, he still knows that I'm the God of hope, and he didn't succumb to disappointment or allow disappointment to be his confession. He still kept his hopes up. He still stepped out there and said, hey, you know what, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep plugging away. It could have been easy to retract and, and be reserved and not go forward. Now, mind you, this is a moment. It's not like I had employment at that time, so that was a big deal. <laughs> I didn't have an option to kind of fall back on. That rejection was like, man, you're still, and I was newly married. It was like, hey, you're still unemployed. That could have been the other thought. 
But nah, man, I was in airplane mode. It's like, nope. <laughs> I'm not going to hit the panic button and eject and get off this. No, Lord, this just means that I'm getting even closer. And so I still have that mentality. Oh, yeah, yeah, you feel the sting a little bit. But it, but it ain't coming out my mouth. It's like, okay, oh, let me, let me reset. Let me gather myself. Lord, I'm still going to steward this. I know, I know I have to go through some things that are afflicting because hope has to be tested. It has to be tried. <laughs> to be verified and valid. But Holy Spirit, I know that, I, that I'm not powering this myself. You are the God of hope and you are powering this hope in me. And so it is beyond reason. That's how we know that it's supernatural. It did not make sense for me to get excited about a rejection letter, especially when I needed a job. But I got even more excited. And then lo and behold, on a men's fellowship, get called in by the assistant pastor where the person said, hey, Bishop wants to talk to you. And then having that meeting where Bishop says, hey, the Lord reminded me of your obedience, obedience to come without you having a job. I'm going to bring you on full time as a youth pastor. And on the inside, I was like, ah, but then it was like, Lord. Yep, Lord, I'm surrendering. <laughs> In other words, he, he, he allowed me to step up into something that was beyond that position that I was going for. And so many other things and, opportuni and opportunities open up as a result. So I'm saying this, keep your hopes up. Even if you're believing and you kind of sense like, oh man, this is like a great opportunity. This is something I really want to go for. And then it might not happen the way that you were thinking. It doesn't mean that the promise of God, because God is so, man, he's so far ahead. In essence, he's like, look, I'm giving you, whew, this is good. I'm just showing, I'm allowing this opportunity in some sense, potentially in some cases, I'm not saying this is all, but I'm allowing this opportunity to be presented just so you can get your hopes up. Because now you get some good news, so now you start expecting something. And even if that didn't happen, the Lord's like, that doesn't mean that you get your hope, that, that you succumb to, to an expectation of evil and fear and disappointment. No, keep your hopes up. That's where I want you to be. Stay in that mode of expecting good because I got something real good that is beyond you. I've already reconciled some things in heaven and earth that is due to you as a promise. So I want to make sure that you are stewarding the anointing, the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Keep your hopes up. Ah, <laughs> oh, hold up. Let me get back to that. Let me get back to that. I don't flipped over back to Colossians. Let me read it again. Hebrews chapter 10, 23. Remember, we have a true heart and full assurance of faith. <laughs> we have a fresh conf conscience. Remember, it's not, it, it doesn't have that expectation of evil. No, the blood, no, no, we've been sprinkled away from that. We don't have that anymore, right? We don't have a mindset that's alienated. It's not occupied with those things. It has hope. This is how we steward it. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. You got to hold on to it. You got to hold fast the confession of expecting good. <laughs> you have to hold fast the expectation, the confession of your expecting good. You have to hold it fast. You have to hold it firmly without wavering. Here's why. For he who promised is faithful. Oh, can somebody shout to God to that for right now? <laughs> that is so good. He says, I am the God of hope. And I want you to be filled with all joy and peace in believing. So that you can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And as you do so, I want you to steward this, knowing that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to hold fast to your confession of hope. <laughs> Come on, hook it up, Lord. But you need to do so without wavering. This is why. Because me, the God of hope, who promised, is faithful. Keep your hopes up because it is producing something. Keep your expectation of good. It's like, oh, nope, man. Yeah, it don't make no common sense, but it makes perfect supernatural sense. I am expecting something good. Remember, God is up to something. God is up to something bigger than us. And that something is something good. Mm. Can someone just put in the chat, maybe you have already done it, but just say, say, I'm keeping my hopes up. In Christ Jesus, I'm keeping my hopes up because that's where it belongs. <laughs> so this is what we do. We go from, I hope so, to I hope, comma, so. I got to explain that. We go from, ah, I hope so, to no. This is what we say now. No, I hope. In other words, I, I am engaging this hope. I am engaging the supernatural force. It's a power. It's a verb. It is something that is active. No, I, not, not I hope so, but no, I hope, comma, so now let my hope be according to what I hope. That's powered by the Holy Spirit. Who is the God of hope? Activating Christ in me, the hope of glory. Somebody say, I hope, comma, so, and now you begin to say. I hope, so, the provision of the Lord. I hope, so, the promises of the Lord. I hope, so, the healing of the Lord. I hope, so, because he who promised is faithful. He's the reason why I hope so. Woo! And this is what I'm occupied with. I'm not preoccupied with disappointment. It's not in my mindset. Because the enemy is trying to bring disappointments. Hey, hey, disappointment, see if you can get on board. Hey, you remember what happened in the past when you tried to take this flight? Nah. Yeah, I remember, but, but I hope. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting go of this. I'm holding fast to this. And this is coming out of my mouth. My hope speaks. My love, my faith, my hope. God is, my God, he's the God of this hope. This isn't just a regular kind of, you know, ethereal, just a, a, a just, just hopeless where I'm just kind of just out there. And what you are carrying, what you are stewarding now can be transferred or now can get on other people. You have to be a hope influencer. When the world is hopeless, you and I, we have to be hopeful. Why? Because now it's a power. Now you hear people talking disappointments. It's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. No, we bind that atmosphere. No, we are releasing hope in the name of Jesus. We're not going to allow uh, 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 disappointment and hopelessness to bring this plane down. No, we are keeping our hopes up. Ah, oh, well, now, remember when we went after this and it didn't happen? It's all good. We're still keeping our hopes up. God's got something even more, apparently. So now my hopes are even higher because, man, that looked great. That position I went for, it was, it was nice. It was real prestigious in the government. It was a governmental position working in the county. Working with young people, but the Lord's like, I see that. I, I, I got you for young people, but now keep your hopes up because I got something even higher and greater. 
Then I was able to travel the world to impact young people. I wasn't going to be able to do that in Chesterfield County in that position. Woo! <laughs> oh, keep your hopes up. Somebody just encourage yourself and you encourage somebody to say, hey, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. No, we need you. I need you. We need you. God is calling you to have your hopes up. That's what hope is. Hope is called to only be up, never down. Let disappointment go. By disappointment. And it's funny because that disappointment can seem like and feel like it's so big, but when you take off, and when you go high, those things that seem big and monumental, it's like, man, that is such a small thing. Oh, my God. This is what we're, oh, full of hope, hopeful, full of hope, hopeful. That has to be your identity. In Christ Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How strong is that? We have a hope in glory, in particular for us in Gentiles. And Christ says, no, I'm reconciling you to this. I, I want you to understand that this is real. This hope is real. This hope has been paid for in blood. Reconciled as if you were never apart. You are holy, blameless, and above reproach. Stay up. mindset so even if it's even if it's disappointing news you got to talk about it in a different way and you know what? yeah that didn't happen but let me tell you what I know I hope that God has something bigger see now look when I said that some people that sounds weird doesn't it because we often use the term I hope so as fantasy But when we say it with the revelation of what God is actually saying or what hope really is in the kingdom, now when we say, I hope so, now that has to, now that understand this in the spirit, it means something different than what we commonly hear in our natural minds. It's been tossed around so frivolous, frivolous, frivolously. Yep, you're going to get that position? Yeah, I hope so. Other people are hearing me like, uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it might not happen. No, 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 hold up. <laughs> Let me explain it to you. When I say I hope so, no, my hope is a real thing. My hope is powered by the Holy Spirit. My God is the God of hope. That's a whole new paradigm in thinking about hope. We've looked at it as like a kind of small thing. But the Lord said, no, let these abide in you. Faith, hope, and love. Mm. I'm telling you. I'm telling Because he's regenerated. He's restoring. And he's causing some things to abound. He's causing some things to be 10x. He's causing a, a, new, a new living. A new and living way. To where we are consecrated in this. We are, we are set apart for this hope. We literally are set apart for this hope. That's what the blood did. It consecrated us, even as Gentiles, for us to be set apart in hope. And so we are bound in this and we don't come up off of this. Somebody say again, say, I hope so. I hope so. There's a scripture that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We also going to say, we're we going to hope so. It is an active force powered by the Holy Spirit. It is a supernatural active force powered by the Holy Spirit. That's what hope is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one in his anointing in you, the hope of glory. The expectation of good working. Don't succumb to the disappointments and, and the ideologies and the spirits of this world. 
Oh, there's a Delta variant. Oh, there's an Omicron variant. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's joblessness. Oh, look at the economy. Oh, this top. There is no hopelessness whatsoever in the world. It is all disappointment. It is all low stuff. It is all things that are not to be a part of our confession. Let go of it. Get it out of your mouth. Get it out of your sight. Not if it's going to influence how you're flying. I mean, if it's going to influence, especially, and it kind of has, kind of has its way to start to start to messing with your assurance. It starts to mess with your joy. Starts to mess with your peace. And the Lord says, "No, I want you occupied with all that. I want all that to take up space. And don't forget this expectation of good." Some people think about well. Believe in God for a relationship, and maybe the one didn't turn out the way that you have desired. Maybe there could have been some mistakes made. Uh, I hope I get into another relationship. No, it's like, God, you know what? No, I hope. I'm expecting good this time. I'm going to get some wisdom, and I'm expecting a good, healthy, godly relationship. Lord, I thank you that I'm not sprinkled with, Lord, that you remove the consciousness of evil, God, that you're presenting me. If there were some mistakes and some missteps that were made, God, Lord, repent. Get a new mindset in that. Get delivered if need be. (laughs) Get some things out of that seat that may have been occupying you from the past. Get rid of it. Kick it off. And then get filled with the right spirit, with God, with hope, with the expectation of good. I felt that somebody say, yeah, Lord, I hope. Yep. I'm not. Yep. I'm not going to. I know I've experienced disappointments in the past. Even some people that may have talked like and acted like they were Christians, but really they was a crook. Or there was something else. Oh, Lord. Now I'm even thinking about business right now. Even somebody that may have engaged in somebody that said that they were a Christian, but they were a crook. It's like, Lord, now, you know what, Lord? But I hope I still hope my hopes are not dashed. My hopes are not down. My hopes are up. Woo-wee. And sometimes that time, sometimes that delay is just drawing us nearer. The Lord said, hey, I want you to come closer. I want you to draw even nearer. Remember, let us draw near. I want to fill your heart with some more assurance, with some more faith. Now, with that, you can now have the right confession of hope. The negative confession of hope is disappointment. But now I want you to have the right confession of hope. To where it starts to ooze out of you and it changes your countenance. So now when somebody says, hey, how you doing? And then you say, oh, yeah, man, I hope so. Yeah, you going to get that building? Oh, I hope so. I hope. So... I believe, I love, absolutely. Oh, God is up to something bigger than us. You multi-generational, you multi-ethnic, yep. That's that's the hope, that's the declaration. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody say this, I will no longer serve nor entertain disappointment. Hope arise and take your seat. (laughs) Yeah, take your seat in my heart. Take your seat in my mind in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, hope. God of hope arise. Yeah, come on, Holy Spirit, who powers and causes us to abound in hope. We thank you for arising and for activation in the name of Jesus. Come on, you just begin to lift up your voice and you begin to fill the atmosphere atmosphere with the confession of your hope right now. You go ahead. You begin to fill the atmosphere with the confession of your hope. What are you hoping? 
We got the salvation, thank God, and there's still more because he who promises faithful, you fill the atmosphere with the confession of your hope. Do not be timid. Do not succumb to the expectation of fear. We tear that wall down in the name of Jesus because disappointment will, will erect itself and be like, hey, remember me? No, rise above right now. It's like, I'm not going through it. I'm going above it in the name of Jesus. I am leaving that disappointment behind. Come on, it's been a chain for some people. I pronounce deliverance in the name of Jesus. You are called to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you hold fast your confession. Come on. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and it does not belong in that seat of your mind. It does not belong in the seat of your heart. It does not belong in the seat of your spirit. You no longer entertain or steward that. Hope is now arising, and you are going forth and abounding in hope. That's what your God is about. That's what your Christ is about. That's who he is in you, the hope of glory. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I'm saying it with an attitude because that disappointment has to die in Jesus' name. It's been masquerading itself as an I hope so, but no more. It's been identified and we cancel it. We nullify its power in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit causing you and causing your people to abound in hope. This ministry is abounding for a reason. Let that oil flow right now in the name of Jesus, that abounding anointing. We know we abound in grace, God, but I thank you, Lord, that we 10x and we abound in hope because it's, 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 it's that abounding we have a hope that is superior in quality, superior in quantity. We're full of it. Ah, you're full of it. Yes, we are. We are full of hope. We are full of joy in believing. We are full of peace in believing. Our heart is full of assurance and in faith. So what's coming out of my mouth, what's coming out of your mouth? The confession of hope. And it's not that weak Lame hope that people are so familiar with. No, we break that spirit of familiarity with that hope and expectation of evil and fear and disappointment in the name of Jesus and release, God, we release and I loose now in the name of Jesus the expectation of good. That you shall expect good. Be, yep, nope, 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 nope. You shall expect good. Somebody say, I will expect good. Guess what? Yep. Will enemy come with disappointing news? Doesn't matter. I will expect good. I'm stewarding this. It is such a mystery to me how I'm still hoping. How? Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody say again, say, I'm abounding in this hope. I am abounding in this hope. Woo! <laughs> Come on, rote shakai ya satrandi. Yeah, it's supernatural. We're stirring some things up right now. Yeah, hope arise, hope arise, hope arise. Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The God of hope even for this ministry. Yeah, arise, God, that we are full of hope. <laughs> Our children are full of hope, God, that we are not passing on disappointment from generation to generation. We break that cycle in the name of Jesus, God. We are passing on hope. We are passing on the expectation of good. We are not, we are not being used by the enemy to dash hopes of our children, God. God, but we are used, we are being used, God, to agitate in a good sense that we are provoking hope, God. Oh, we are provoking that force 
Yeah, that awareness, that understanding that is Christ in them, the hope of glory. Yeah, God, I thank you, Lord. And if we have dashed the hopes of others because of maybe we have succumbed to it, God, we repent in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your blood, God, sprinkling us with a new way of living, God, and a fresh consciousness of life, God, a mind of you in Jesus' name. Mm. That we will not be hope dashers, God, but we are hope givers <laughs> because we carry it in Jesus' name. Oh, oh, oh. We steward it, God. We value hope, God. And Lord, and we say that we hope again with this newness in Jesus' name. Oh, somebody just, some, somebody just lift up a praise to God right now. Come on, you lift, you lift it up. Because in that shout, in that release, there's a spirit, there's the voice of hope in your praise. It's in your praise, there's an expectation of good. Hallelujah! Glory, God. Glory to you, Lord. Ha <laughs> ha. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what hope is. Come on, hope. Come on, Christ. <laughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs>